for two Kickers are extra, I give them the boo Ooh, going for two Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew Ooh, now I'm reclining While putting my time and I'm ready to go My spine is aligning And much my my lineups, my bank account grow I am so rich But knowledge is all that I'm leaving it with Ooh, listen to this Multiple options, how far can I get? Ooh, DFS Dynasty Reader Tonight I'm not finishing last I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last What else? This spot is popping and I am so locked in And only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking And all of these spots keep on talking and talking So what are we talking? What kind of alignment? And running it deep, even players forgotten Or came from the bottom or hitting that topping And this spot is popping, yeah, this spot is popping And woo! This is the arm chat, yeah Put up your arms, yeah Sound the alarm, yeah What is going on, guys? Welcome to episode 356 of the Armchair Fantasy Show. I'm your host, of course, Jeff Lambert. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77. Of course, we're live every Friday night uh, at 10.30 p.m., sometimes 11.30 p.m. Uh, we, we, we mix it up, keep you on your toes this year. Uh, of course, you can find us on Facebook Live, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, uh, kick.com. You can now find us at our own website, goingfor2.live. It has all of our audio and video stuff there. Uh, of course, we're also on all major podcast networks. If you're watching us on YouTube, please hit the like and subscribe button. Uh, we are official now. We actually became YouTube partners. Uh, it's only taken me almost eight years to get there, but we finally did it. So we're, we're there. Uh, but please still continue to hit that like and subscribe. And I see those commenters in there. So everybody's, I see Alex here, John's here, Joe's here, Mickey's here. What's up, guys? Great to see y'all. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, as always, Mr. Tim Strobel. What's up, Tim? I'm happy to be back uh, for another week. Coming off a couple good weeks, man. Want to keep it rolling. And uh, very happy to have Micah back in the house. Absolutely. Absolutely. Micah, of course, is from goingfor2.com. He writes a, a DFS article for us weekly. Uh, you could find him on Twitter at MicahPeters underscore. What's up, Micah? What's up, Jeff? Thanks for having me back. I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm, a, I'm a sad Panthers fan this Friday, but <laughs> I'm grateful I don't have to deal with the pain over the weekend. So. <laughs> yeah, get it over uh, with. Yeah. I, can, I can enjoy a Sunday without being sad about the Panthers. <laughs> yeah, so. Exactly. Get it over with. I, I love it. I love it. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we get into the show, I wanted to plug once again our fifth annual DFS for Toys charity tournament uh, contest is free to enter. Uh, of course, we're taking donations, uh, and we're also giving away a championship belt courtesy of FantasyJocks.com. I got the belt right here. Hold on one sec. There's the belt right there. You can win this belt. Like I said, it's free to sign up. Uh, goingfor2.com backslash toys is the website to go register. It's free to register. It'll be for the Thanksgiving slate, the three-game slate that we love to play every year. Uh, our goal is set at $1,000. We're currently sitting at about $600. Uh, so please go sign up if you haven't already. Go for 2com backslash toys. Uh, and then donate anything from 5 bucks up to 5000 bucks. It doesn't matter. You know, just if you want to just give a dollar, it doesn't matter. Just get in there, have some fun, raise some money for toys, uh, and have, have some fun doing it. All right, let's get to the rewind. The Weekly Rewind. 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 All right, before we get to the rewind, I will say that we started this show off better than I started my Wednesday show off because uh, I've been doing this show for eight years and I have never spilled a drink on my desk during the show. Uh, last week when I pulled the belt out to show it, uh, I spilled my beer all over my desk and I had to do an entire show with a whole desk full of beer. So it was oh, a little shit. bit a little bit of an interesting Jeez. time for sure. Uh, but let's do our, our one good, one bad. Tim, we'll let you go first this time. 
Yeah, my one good last week was uh, Noah Brown, man. I'd said he was almost my sick call of the week, but I thought he'd be a little higher owned. I still went with him in my Stroud stacks. He obviously had a huge day at 3,100. So uh, that was, you know, worked out very well for me. Uh, my one bad was Kamara, Alvin Kamara. I was tilting all the Taysom Hill bullshit last week in the chat. Um, Kamara might be on my list until Taysom, uh, Taysom Hill gets hurt again. So. Yeah, that was uh, that was tough, but it was still a good week overall. Yeah, I think a lot of people had Kamara and and Bijan as well was another one that was pretty popular that everybody seemed yeah. to have. What about you, Micah? What's your one good, one bad for last week? Yeah, so my good, I wrote in CD Lamb, and honestly, I could have probably written in the whole Cowboys offense because in my article last week, I had I think Dak was one of my quarterback picks, uh, CD was one of my wide receiver picks, and Jake Ferguson was my one of my tight end picks nice. and they obviously they all had a really nice week um it didn't lead to too much success for me uh, in my lineups but um i had them in a couple spots and i was pretty happy with that call um and my one bad is Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i had him i had him last week it was just you know it was an ugly looking slate i thought you know maybe against the colts defense that, that could have been the week bryce young kind of showed us some flashes that he hadn't shown before but uh it was just all bad, and that continued last night as well. So it's just just been a lot of pain as a Panthers fan. <laughs> yeah, so you'll learn on this show, like, to, to be the homer sometimes ends up biting you in the ass because sometimes you take your homer yeah. pick and it ends up biting you. <laughs> yeah. They've, they've given me years of grief for picking Jimmy G on this on this <laughs> all the time when he used to play for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, I normally would never pick Bryce Young, especially with the way he had been playing, but the slate last week just looked so brutal that – I thought a cheaper quarterback would get it done, but yeah. then CJ Stroud happened. So. Yep. Yeah. Big shout out to Jared, who was on the show last week, who had CD Lamb as his lock, and he convinced us all to play Dak. So I had Dak and Cash. Right. Yep. That saved my week. Yep. Absolutely. Very I had Dak and Cash along with CD. Uh, so yep. my my one good last week, and I think on la- last week's show, I only had one mid tier quarterback. And when I talked about him, I said, you know, he didn't have quite as much upside as some of the guys in the elite tier. Uh, boy, was I wrong. Uh, C.J. Stroud uh, <laughs> yeah. definitely has that upside because he uh, he crushed it last week. Uh, I actually had a, a, a double stack with uh, with Noah Brown and Tank Dell and C.J. Stroud, yeah. which really, really went off for me. Uh, really, nice. really did well. But unfortunately, my one bad, we always have those bad picks. I was all in on, on Swift this, this past weekend. Uh, you know, I, I said on the show, they're in a good offense. Uh, he's getting the red zone carries. He's just not getting the one and two yard carries. If he could just score from five yards out, he'd be fine. Unfortunately, he couldn't do that and ended up, I think, with yeah. like 11 points. So uh, Swift was my my one bad last week. All right, let's jump into week 10. Let's talk <laughs> quarterbacks. All right, we'll kick it off like we always do at the elite tier of the quarterbacks. Uh, Michael, we'll go to you first. Give me one of your guys. Yeah, so the elite quarterback I've got uh, this week is Justin Herbert. Uh, facing the Lions, the 7,700 on DraftKings. Um, I really love this game environment. It's the highest total on the slate. And I think that the field with Josh Palmer being out, I think the field might be a little scared off with him being the second most expensive quarterback. I think they might look elsewhere. And I think that leaves a really good opening for Justin Herbert to uh, really break the slate if he can have one of his monster games. And I think you could honestly have success with a Keenan Allen single stack this week with, you know, the rest of the wide receiver core just looking like dust. Um, but you could also probably fit in Eckler, and I imagine that would be pretty unique if you had Eckler, Keenan, and Herbert. 
I don't know how the salary would work out and all of that, but if you could find a way to fit that in, I think that'd be a really good way to get unique this week. Yeah, I think he's definitely yeah. a good tournament play for sure. He's in a guy that's Yeah, he's under five percent. Yeah. So yeah. I love that call. Yeah, he's not gonna get clicked on. People are gonna awesome. go up and get Burrow or they're gonna try to chase points for Stroud and they're not they're not gonna look at Herbert. I like that call. Yeah. Awesome. Tim, what you got in the uh, the elite here? Yeah, I think we have to talk about Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, I always tell you guys I start filling out my sheet on Wednesday, and on Wednesday, Joe Burrow was the no question lock it in, you know, quarterback in cash. And maybe you still think that he is, but with T. Higgins out and Jamar Chase obviously hurt, it's going to be hard for me to play Burrow in cash. Uh, I still think he's an excellent GPP play, even though he is the chalk. He's coming in around 18 to 20%, um, but he does have great upside at 6,800. I just don't know if I can get there in cash. And we'll talk about it when we get to the running back section, but that's where I'm going to be looking to pay up. So uh, I'm going to need to save a little money at quarterback. Yeah, Burrow, I think if Chase plays and we get words that he's fully healthy, uh, yeah. I, I like Burrow a little bit more. Uh, if Chase and Higgins are out, obviously Higgins already been ruled out officially, then I definitely am, I'm, I'm going to be kind of fading Burrow a little bit. And I think his yeah. ownership will also go down too. So yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good call. I, like I think that. Chase plays, but I, I'm definitely feeling some Julio decoy duty coming on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. So, I, I hope not with Higgins out. Yeah, me, me too. I, <laughs> I, I think Chase is a great play if he's in. I think he, I think he definitely will get a ton of targets. It's just a matter of yeah. whether or not he's fully healthy or not. For sure. The only other guy I have in the elites here, uh, he's a little bit uh, just a hundred bucks cheaper than Burrow. Uh, going back to the well with Dak Prescott uh, against the New York Giants. Uh, I mean, I don't got to talk about the Giants' defense and how bad they are. Uh, Dak and the Cowboys have decided that they're just going to pass the ball all the time. It just seems what they're always going to do. Uh, so you know, going to Dak at six point seven after what he did last week against the Giants, I think is also a good a good play as well. Especially if you're considering and playing Burrow, and if you're scared off of him now, he's only a hundred bucks less, and you can still keep your same, you know, your same sort of lineup going. All right, let's move down into the the mid tier, Tim, and we got a bunch of mid tier quarterbacks to talk about. Pick one of them. Yeah, I feel like I'm a little bit on an island on this play this week, and I don't care. I'm going to play Jared Goff on the other side of your Justin Herbert play. Uh, normally, we don't play golf on the road, but for those who know, man, the SoFi Stadium is the house that golf built. This is not a road game for him. The Chargers do not have a home field advantage, and Vegas is so convinced that this is the case. The Lions opened as a two-and-a-half-point dog, and now they're a three-point favorite. Wow. Five-and-a-half-point swing there. So I think that says a lot about how they believe this offense will function against the Chargers. Uh, David Montgomery is back, which does tend to skew things more run-heavy. Uh, but I think against the Chargers, they're going to have to throw. Uh, they've made numerous quarterbacks this year look decent, and I think Goff is going to have a field day. So I'm all over Goff at 6,400. Yeah, any any worry with the return of David Montgomery? Did they just run the ball like crazy? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to skew a little bit that way, but I still think that they're going to have to throw the ball. Yeah. Um, the only concern is that when I, we'll get to this when we get to running backs is if they get inside the five, it's all David Montgomery. So yeah. if they score, it's going to have to be from outside the five. Yeah, good call. That's true. What you got, Micah, for your mid tier? Yeah, so I've got a, I've got Trevor Lawrence here at a six thousand facing the Niners. Uh, he's been pretty mediocre, mediocre this season so far from a fantasy perspective. I think he's only put up one twenty point game so far this season. Um, it's yeah. just not been great all around. Uh, not quite been the high powered offense uh, that they had last year. Um, but I think facing the Niners, this is the this game's tied for the third highest total this week. Uh, and I think the Niners 
can get out ahead quite a bit in this game potentially, which the Jags haven't, I don't think they've been trailing from behind too often this season. Um, and I think this could provide a really good spot for Lawrence to have to beat the Niners through the air um, and kind of air it out some more and potentially line up for a great week for Christian Kirk and hopefully a bounce back week for bounce back week for Calvin Ridley. Yeah. And <clears throat> we'll get to Christian Kirk with the receivers, but it's, that's a great sacking option against my, against my 49ers. Cause we are we are terrible against the slot, so I think Christian Kirk yeah. is going to eat. Uh, so my quarterback, and and currently with uh, with the Burrow uh, uncertainty, I think this is probably my cash game quarterback currently, and that's Geno Smith uh, against Washington, uh, licking their wounds after that Baltimore beatdown, going back home against a team that's 29th DVA versus the pass. Washington just gives up points in the past. I think they're third uh, most uh, third most points to quarterbacks given up. Uh, and the good thing about Washington is is their offense is good enough to keep pace with anything that the Seahawks are going to do. So the mm-hmm. Seahawks will continue to have to pass the ball to you know to kind of keep keep pace with them. So uh, it won't be a situation where Geno's up in the fourth quarter not throwing the ball. They'll, they'll still be throwing it. And like I said, Washington is just bleeding points right now in the in the passing game. So Geno is my my guy at five point eight. Uh, we'll go back through one more time. So we still got some guys to talk about. So uh, we'll go back to you, Tim. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, Sam Howell on the other side of that Geno game. Um, I, he's just been absolutely slinging it these last few weeks. Uh, Seattle is 20th against uh, quarterbacks. They're actually a pretty decent uh, run defense. So I think that they're going to have to throw it. Um, but yeah, 20th against quarterbacks, 25th against wide receivers. I think that's an interesting stack if you want to go the other way. But uh, I think the only thing that we haven't talked about here is that there is a possibility for some rain in this game. So that would be one thing worth monitoring. Um, but you guys know, like, you know, for me, it's got to be heavy rain or heavy wind or I don't care. Yeah. So if it's just like light rain, normal Seattle shit, dude, I'm playing Sam Howell. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, this, this game has a very, uh, you know, the game we had last week with uh, with the Houston Texans and the Tampa Bay Bucks. It has a very similar feel to me. I could see this yeah. game being almost a shootout with the passing offenses on both sides just going off. So. Uh, yeah, there aren't a lot of high totals on this slate. Um, and there's I think there's four, and this is one of the four. Yeah. Right. I mean, we talked about Chargers and Lions, Bengals and Texans, Jags and 49ers, and then right after that is Seahawks Commanders. Yeah. So it's got it's got a shot to shoot out, man, for sure. Good stuff. Uh Micah, you got me and you got the same guy. Go ahead and talk about uh Kyler Murray who's coming back this week. Yeah, so I'm really excited about Kyler Murray this week. I think this Potentially, I mean, depending on how this week goes, this could be the only week this season where we could get Kyler Murray sub uh, six thousand. Yeah. And uh, I think I think I'd rather be I'd rather be a week early than a, a week late on that. And I think they've they've been real cautious uh, with bringing him back and not really rushing him back. So I think he would be a full go um, being out there. I hope they wouldn't you know try to run it more often than they normally would. Um, so I just think of his price tag. Um, I think he'll be a great play at 5,900. And I think he has the ability to really separate from these mid-tier quarterbacks. If, you know, say Howell doesn't quite get there and, you know, that that Geno-Howell matchup just doesn't produce the points you need, I think uh, Kyler Murray could really be the separator there in that uh, mid-tier. Yeah, I like that call a lot. Falcons actually are a very uh, funnel defense. They're like ninth against the, against the run and 28th versus the pass. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah. I think they're going to set the run down and force Kyler to beat him with his arm, and I think he's going to be able to do it. At 5.9, you're right. It's probably the first time we'll get him under 6K unless he goes out and just throws up a stinker. Uh, I think yeah. he's he's a great play <laughs> this week. All right, we'll move down into the value tier, and uh, 
not a ton of value quarterbacks this week, but there are a couple that we like. Tim, what you got? Uh, well, I'll take the guy that neither of y'all have, and that's uh, Taylor Heineke. Uh, he, you know, obviously had a so-so game last week, but this week he gets Drake London back. And I think that's going to make a big difference for him. I think last week having to rely on Van Jefferson and Jonu Smith was just not the greatest. And then he gets an even better matchup this week against Arizona Cardinals. And he's still 5,100. Yeah. There's another guy that we're going to talk about here in a second that I think is also viable at the same price. Um, but I think paying down at quarterback is very, very viable this week. A lot of these guys have very similar projections within a couple of points of each other. Uh, so if you have a lineup you really like and you need that extra six, seven hundred, uh, I think you know Heineke is very viable this week. Yeah. Particularly if you're going to stack them with uh, with you know on the other side of that uh, Kyler game, right? I think there's some cheap stacking options for him as well. Hundred percent. Yeah, I like that, and I like the call with Drake London coming back too because I think London kind of fits what Heineke wants to do. He wants to throw those fifty-fifty balls, and he needs Drake London to do that. So I like it. Yep. Micah, who you got here? Yeah, so I don't love this pick, but just looking at the value quarterbacks, I wasn't a huge fan of any of them. Um, I really like Will Levis. I love the upside that he uh, brings into this week. Uh, At 5,300, we saw what he did two weeks ago, um, just absolutely exploding and had a real tough matchup last week facing Pittsburgh. Um, But I think facing Tampa Bay, this is a much, should be a much better matchup for him. We just saw what CJ Stroud did to them and uh i think if will levis can get hot and start slinging it to d hop and maybe find chig for a touchdown i think um he could be a really interesting play in gpps at that price yeah that's a great call i like him and i'm taking the guy on the other side of that game uh baker mayfield who's you know he hasn't been great but he's been super solid pretty much week in and week out you can count on him to, to put up a good game i think he had two touchdowns last week no interceptions uh, 5.1 versus Tennessee. Tennessee's better versus the run than they are versus the pass. They're actually pretty bad against the pass. Uh, you know, he's got some good weapons, obviously. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, Rashad White has come on big in both the passing game and the running game. So uh, Baker at, at 5.1. I know you had him, Tim, too. Do you have anything you wanted to add to Baker on that one? I did, yeah. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are actually the fourth heaviest offense when they get inside the five-yard line in terms of passing they skew much heavier passing than they do running. So when Baker gets inside, he wants to throw it. Uh, that obviously I think buoys his floor. So I think uh, Baker is a very viable cash quarterback this week based on the fact that he's had 19 or more points in six out of his last eight games. Yeah. That's so amazing. at 5,100, that's really what you're looking for. Super consistent for sure. Definitely not a tournament quarterback. If you're going to play him, it's going to be cash because he's very, you know, he doesn't have that upside, but uh, yeah, for sure. All right, let's get to tight ends. Did somebody say tight ends? All right, kick it off right here at the top, Micah. Give us uh, your elite tight end here. Yeah, so uh, kind of bringing it back um, with my Herbert pick on the other side, I've got Sam Laporta here at 5,700. Uh, I think his upside is just as high as Andrews and Kittle, especially Andrews' real tough matchup this week. Um, I think as a top tight end, I'm kind of leaning away from him this week. Um, we've seen Laporta get double-digit targets three times a season. Um, and as a rookie, beyond just being a tight end, but as a rookie tight end, it's just insane. Um, and I think – let me double-check. Sorry. Yeah, with this being the highest total on the slate, I think that Laporta's in a really good spot here to be the top tight end on the week. And if the rest of the tight ends kind of flame out, he could really be the separator. Yeah, he's he's been amazing. I mean, he's been uh, – he's he's – been more than i expected him to be 
for sure. I, I thought he'd yeah. be good down the road, but off the bat, I mean, he's he's been a beast. So that's a great Definitely. call. Tim, what you got? Yeah, before I give my pick, I will say um, I really like two tight end on this slate. I think there are a couple of really, really good tight end plays that have a high ceiling for their salary. Uh, and one of those is uh, TJ Hawkinson, a.k.a. TJ Lockinson at 5,000. Uh, he is projected pretty high. I have him, you know, above 25, maybe even 30 percent. Uh, but that's because Josh Dobbs does nothing but throw the ball to the tight end. Right. We saw it when he was in Arizona. He peppered the tight end first game in Minnesota. Didn't know the playbook, didn't know his offensive lineman. But what did he know to do? Throw the ball to TJ Hawkinson. He had 12 <laughs> targets in their first game. So I'm going to go right back to that. Uh, you know, I always say tight end targets are a QB stat. And Josh Dobbs may change teams, but he doesn't change his tendencies. Uh, I think 5K is too cheap. I have TJ Hawkinson as my number one tight end on the week. And he's, what, third in terms of pricing? Yeah. Fourth in terms of pricing. So, yeah, man, that's where I'm going. Yeah, I, I love both those picks. I had them both as my elite guys as well. Um, I'll, I'll move down into the mid-tier, and I'm going to take Dalton Schultz here going up against Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati is 30th DVOA versus the tight end position. They give up the fourth most yards to tight ends. Uh, Nico Collins is officially ruled out. So uh, it'll be the, the Schultz show here at 4.9. I think he's probably going to be one of the, my, my most, most owned tight ends. Um, you know, CJ Stroud seems to be looking his way a little bit more. So, I, you know, I think he's a solid play overall uh, and a great price point. He's a little bit cheaper than, than Lockinson, uh, obviously a lot cheaper than Laporta. Uh, I think he has similar upside to both those guys. So he's my favorite mid-tier. Tim, what you got? Yeah, actually, my other mid-tier play is actually a fade, and that's a fade on Evan Ingram. I'm seeing him popping up on a lot of sites this week, um, some having his ownership as high as 20%. I just don't see it. I know Zay Jones is out, and it's led to a lot of targets for him. But San Francisco has been really good with, against tight ends for a while. I just don't see the upside there. You know, Dalton Schultz is 400 more. Hawkinson's 500 more. Um, yeah, I would not play Evan Ingram this week. Yeah, I think uh, some of the issues that we've had with tight ends this year is related to the defensive coordinator calling too many blitzes. Uh, yeah. I've seen, you know, Fred Warner blitz more than I've ever seen Fred Warner blitz in my offenses. And I, I think that uh, they're going to stop doing that after getting burned for three games in a row. I think they're going to go back to just, you know, send in four. Let our defense play back, and I think Fred Warner is one of the best cover defensive linebackers in the league. So I, I agree. I think Ingram's going to have a, a tough game this week. Micah, what you got? Yeah, so I have got this guy. He's teetering on the low to mid-tier um, at 3,800. I've got Logan Thomas uh, facing Seattle. He has He's earned six-plus six targets in four of his last five games, um, and I think he's a little bit of a sneaky play here. Um, a little concern with Curtis Samuel returning this week, um, potentially eating into that target share a little bit. But we've seen when Logan, Logan Thomas gets going, Sam Howell loves to throw him the ball. Uh, he's athletic. He's fast. He can make big plays. And I think between between like McBride and kind of the Evan Ingram in that kind of range, about a thousand in salary, I I only really like Logan Thomas in that range. And I think he really stands out amongst those plays around his salary. Yeah, one thing I forgot to mention when we were talking about quarterbacks and, and Sam Howell is Sam Howell is leading the NFL right now in pass attempts per game mm -hmm. at almost 40. Um, so, I mean, he's that's more than Patrick Mahomes. So uh, there's plenty of balls to go around to all these receivers. So I, I like that call yeah, a lot. I think Logan point. Thomas is, is, is definitely in play for sure. 
Uh, I had one more mid-tier guy, uh, Mr. Ferg Ferguson for uh, for Dallas, going up against the New York Giants at 4.6. Uh, he seems to be getting so much more involved. I mean, it seemed like every time mm-hmm. they needed a big play this past game, they went to him. Uh, he got multiple third uh, third down conversions, and uh, he just seemed to be like Dax got this this comfort sense with him. So if it's not going, it's like C.D. Lamb is he open? No, all right, I'm throwing him to Ferguson. So uh, I, I love him at four point six. Let's move down into the value tier, Tim, and you have probably one of the more popular uh, picks, I think, uh, right now. Go ahead and talk about McBride a little bit. Yeah, I think, well, I think the main thing here is that Trey McBride is the guy you're playing in cash games, right? At 3,500, he's too cheap. It's a great matchup against Atlanta. Uh, Obviously, he's priced for the Clayton Toon, you know, bullshit that was last (laughs) week, not the Kyler Murray uh, carnival that we have coming this week, so... I did have a note. He had 20 points in the same matchup against Atlanta last year, which is kind of a interesting note. But at 3,500, I think you're really playing him as a block in cash games. Uh, obviously, he showed a couple weeks ago that he can have a ceiling. Uh, but I would not. I mentioned earlier two tight ends. He would not be one of the two. Like, I wouldn't play McBride and Hawkinson. Um, I think if you're playing McBride, it's it's probably in cash. Um but like I love lineups that are like Schultz Hawkinson or Schultz Laporta. Um, I think that's a good way to get different this week. Yeah, I like it. I, I have it down as uh, Zach Ertz when uh, Kyler Murray was his quarterback, averaged eight targets a game and over twelve points. Uh, yeah. So Kyler's just going to use him as, in the same role. And I think McBride obviously is much more athletic at this point in his career too. So uh, great call, Micah. What you got for yours? Yeah. So seeing that thirty percent ownership on McBride or yeah. thereabouts that's that's really scaring me off him in uh GPPs <clears throat> I think you're right Tim that he's probably strictly a cash game play um so I'll probably fade McBride in uh tournaments this week and I think Otten Kate Otten at 3400 is a good pivot mm-hmm. off of him and I think people may be overlooking him and he ran hot on touchdowns last week and had a huge game but I think that just shows that his upside that he can get there. Um, and so I think at that price point, he makes for a good tournament play. He's had six plus targets his last three games. He had nine last game. Um, Tennessee should force him to throw the ball a bit. Um, and so I just think he makes for a good tournament play this week. Yeah, I actually have Ott on my sheet. And the note that I put for him is a uh, shout out to Jared Good. <laughs> he, uh, if you watched the show last week, last he, week, yeah, he called. He had uh, Otten on his sheet, but he yeah. lost. Uh, he lost internet connection when he was going to talk about him. And me and <laughs> me and Tim kind of poo pooed him a little bit. Uh, it turns out the, the you know the the joke was on us because Kate Otten balled out last week, and, and I didn't have any Kate Otten. So yeah, I did. I had to eat that one, man. That one hurt. Yeah, that's the sec- second week in a row. Me and Tim have poo pooed a call, and it ends up being a beast because of two weeks yeah. ago we, we poo pooed. I know. I'm call. waiting for me to poo poo one of Micah's calls so I can just lock just it in lock it in yeah. my lineup. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Uh, so y'all y'all took my guys, but let's go back through one more time. We got two more guys to talk about. Tim, go ahead and talk about your guy there. Yeah, this was almost my sit call of the week. A former sit call. Uh, at one time, he was the official tight end of the podcast, <laughs> yeah. and that's Big Herb Smith. Uh, we saw last week that Cincinnati actually employed a lot of two tight end against Buffalo. Uh, I think this is a way that gives them the ability to run the ball a little bit better. Um, so I expect with T. Higgins out, they're going to probably run some more two tight end this week. Um, so I think that really that benefits Big Irv, 2,700. This is purely a punt play. Again, he's 1%. Uh, but if you're doing a burrow stack and you want to get a little bit different, I don't think anybody's going to be on Irv Smith. So if you wanted to play the chalk and say Burrow, Chase, and then Irv, 
uh, I think you get different right away. Yeah, that's a good call. Good point. And uh, Micah, you got one more guy there. Yeah, so this is kind of a dart throw, but uh, at 3K, I've got uh, Chigo Conquo um, for Tennessee. And really, it's just a play based on his price tag at 3K. You know, he's on pretty much the minimum. I mean, not really, but you're not playing many guys around there other than maybe Irv Smith. Um, but I like him as a stack with Levis. Uh, I shouted him out earlier i think you could you could really um give yourself a lot of salary playing those two guys together and um you know he's athletic and he can make those big plays and i think 3k if he can take a big one you know if the rest of the tight ends don't do too much on the slate he could be a good option this week yeah good yeah. call we, we have a a, a season-long question real quick from richard hernandez in the chat that i want to make sure that we at, that we ask here so he's uh it's got a sit start here question micah full ppr if chase sits who do you start michael thomas uh, or Drake London? Ooh. I would probably le- lean Drake London. Me too. I don't feel great about that, but I think he's the clear number one in his offense. Yeah. Um, and Michael Thomas is, you know, he, he, he gets there some weeks, but I think it's a little more sporadic. But I think when London's in there, he's the wide receiver garnering the attention. So I think I prefer Drake London. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Heineke is, I think, a huge upgrade for Drake London. So I would agree. Agreed. True. All right. Let's get to the running backs. It's time for running backs. <laughs> running backs. All right. We'll kick it off right here at the top. Tim, I know me and you talked about this guy a little bit before the show. So I want you to go ahead and just talk about him. Yeah. So uh, this is another one of those plays this week where I kind of feel like. Uh, not really on an island, but I feel like Christian McCaffrey is going seriously overlooked this week. And I have said many times before that whenever a running back slate looks like really nasty, and I think this one kind of does, if Christian McCaffrey is on that slate, you just play Christian McCaffrey if you can afford him. And I think with all the value that's opened up in the last, what, 12 hours, uh, I think you can definitely get to Christian McCaffrey if you want to. So Jacksonville is a pretty good defense, right? They, you know, they consistently were there uh fourth dvoa against the rush uh but they're you know that's i think that's going to be the blank game plan coming out of the bye the one caveat and we talked about this trent williams is expected to play if for whatever reason trent williams didn't play i'd be lower on cmc but it sounds like he is going to play um one uh, other thing one other stat that i had is that if christian mccaffrey has one more game of one rushing and one receiving touchdown he ties Marshall Falk for the all-time record at 15 games. So I think there's a chance they may try and get him that this week. Uh, give me 100 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns. He more than pays off that salary. So if you're not sure who to play uh, running back this week, I think you pay up for CMC. Yeah, I like that call because you're right. The, the running back slate's kind of ugly. Uh, and you can essentially get you know the highest upside of all the running backs on the slate with Christian McCaffrey. Expensive if you can fit him in, but um, for sure, I like that. Yeah, I just I don't love the matchup for Eckler. Kamara is dealing with the whole Taysom Hill bullshit, so I think he's the clear payup guy. Yeah. yeah, Micah, what you got for your elites here? Yeah, so my thoughts on this guy are pretty similar to Tim's thoughts on CMC. I I really hate the running backs this week, and that makes me want to pay up. Um, but I see Austin Eckler eight hundred cheaper than Christian McCaffrey, and that makes me gravitate towards him a little more just because I think they have very similar ceilings. And I do wonder with the absence of Palmer, uh, I know 
Eckler's usage didn't really increase last week with him out, but I wonder if going forward, if, you know, if the back, the backup receivers that are going to be out there, you know, Guyton, you know, Quinn Johnson hasn't been great. If they're not really getting open, Herbert may be forced to check the ball down more often than he'd like. Uh, may see Eckler really do it through the air this week uh, rather than run. I know Detroit's got a pretty stout run defense, um, but I, you know, Eckler can get there in a multitude of ways. And I think yeah. if he's getting a lot of targets this week, I think he makes for a great running back play on the slate. Yeah, I think that's the way you get Eckler the ball against Detroit is getting the ball in the air. I, I agree 100%. Yeah. Um, all right, so the guy I'm going to talk about uh, is a guy that's probably being overlooked simply because Dave Montgomery is back and people are kind of ignoring him. They're both about the same price. I'm talking about Jameer Gibbs at 7000 versus the Chargers. Uh, but the Chargers are really bad versus pass-catching running backs. 28th DVOA versus pass-catching running backs, which, of course, Gibbs is the pass-catcher of those two guys. Yeah, uh, and I think because they're both you know similar price, they're probably going to be ignored altogether. So you can get I think low ownership on yeah. Gibbs, and yeah. he's just been so good the last couple of games. I just find it hard to believe that they just go back to giving him you know ten touches a game. Uh, I think he's still going to get a pretty decent workload uh, against a defense that can give up some points. So at seven K, I like Gibbs a lot this week as a as a pivot off some of these more popular plays. And uh, yeah, I'm go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm too scared to play those lines running back. So I think I'm falling into that that typical player who's looking at a slate and seeing those that's, those two seven k price tags. That's being like, no yeah. thanks, I don't want to. Yeah, I know for me in that region, if I'm playing anyone, I'm playing Travis Etienne. Uh, he's been really consistent. I mean, uh, over the last few weeks, both running the ball and getting the ball through the air. Uh, but I think my favorite stat that I found on Etienne. Is that if I were to tell you or ask you who is the most run heavy team in the NFL when they get inside the five, would you think it was the Jaguars? No. But they are. They're number one. They run the ball even more than the Eagles. Wow. Right? Eight, 82% of the time they're running. And it's all ETN. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, if they get, the, it's kind of like the reverse David Montgomery, right? They do it even more than the Lions do. Uh, he's in that same boat. But like you said, he's got no Jameer Gibbs to have to compete with. So, 49ers, usually you attack them through the air, uh, but they haven't given up a couple of decent games this week in, in, or this year, including a huge game to Kyron Williams earlier in the year. So um, I do think ETN could have a nice game. I told Jeff in the pre-show, I have him projected within two points of Christian McCaffrey, and it's a $2,000 discount. So I think that's pretty huge. Yeah, the 49ers are kind of weird because they haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher in like two seasons. But they give up touchdowns. Like they give a touchdown to Kyron Williams. They give a touchdown to Joe Mixon. You know, they just give up touchdowns, but they won't give them the yards. If they get close enough, they'll score. But they just as long as they give up the yards, right? Uh, yeah. And he's had six targets and five targets in the last two weeks. He's been averaging about four or five targets every week pretty consistently. So that's the usage you're looking for in PPR. 100%. And you had one more guy there, Tim, in the elites here. Talk about uh, Pollard a little bit. Yeah. I think we have to talk about Tony Pollard this week. Uh, just because it is far and away the biggest spread on the slate. Uh, it was 16 and a half when I looked at it earlier. It's now up to 17 and a half. Uh, Tommy DeVito is going to get absolutely crushed by this Dallas Cowboys defense, uh, which means it's going to be Tony Pollard. Now, we've said that before this season, right? And he ended up getting, you know, 17 carries for 68 yards and killed you. Uh, but, you know, really his best game this year has come across, uh, against these same Giants. It seems like the Cowboys know that the way to attack this team is on the ground. I don't 
you know, honestly expect a whole lot of Dak, though I could be wrong. Like you said, they have skewed very heavy pass over the last few weeks. Um, but I think they're going to try and get Pollard going in this game. So uh, I think he's worth a play. Uh, but I also think he's going to be really popular. I have him as a top three projected ownership. Uh, so I think if that ends up being the case, I'm probably going to stick with my play on ETN. Yeah. And I think Pollard, if I'm not mistaken, has the third most uh, red zone carries in the NFL. Yes. But only two touchdowns. So I think that yeah. has to be some positive. He has the lowest percentage of, yeah, carries converted into touchdown. He's only converting at about a 20% clip right now. Yeah, that's got to change sooner or later. So, yeah, that's a good call. Uh, we'll move down into the uh, to the mid-tier, and I'll talk about uh, Rashad White uh, versus Tennessee. Uh, this guy is getting old school 80s football type usage. He's playing 80% of the snaps. He's getting all the running back touches, all the you know passes out of the backfield. He's getting literally everything. Tennessee is tough against the run, but he's getting involved in the passing game as well. Uh, and and the Bucks will kind of stick with it. They won't go away from it as long as they can keep the game close. They'll keep running Rashad White for three, four yards. It doesn't matter. They'll keep doing it. Uh, we saw what he's capable of last week. I, I think he had a ceiling game last week, but uh, mm-hmm. I think they go right back to him this week and continue to use him the same way. And five point is way too cheap for the kind of uses that he's getting. So I love Rashad White this week. Yep. Michael, yeah, what I you got? Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Sid. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say I think he's gonna be either the one other guy, I think maybe higher projected ownership, but I think White's gonna be right there. I think he's probably one of the main guys you're playing for cash. Yeah, I think uh uh, RG's got him at the second highest. So, yeah, you're right, right in that range there, 24%. Yep. Micah, what you got in the mid-tier? Yeah, so I wrote in the show sheet, I just wrote Bijan, I guess, because <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's 6K again, and, like, with his talent, it's like he has to be in your player pool. I mean, I'm going to keep him in my player pool, but, like, I can't deal with Arthur Smith, and I'm tired of these midweek press conference videos. I, I love Arthur it, though. He said he's better with <laughs> the, their better team when, when Bichon is on the field because other people get more. I just love <laughs> yes. that. Like, nah, just, we're, yeah. we're not going to feed him, but we will put him on the field for y'all just so that we're, you know, get the rest of the offense going. He's just trolling yeah, I, everybody, and I honestly love yeah, it. That's what I, I'm rocking the stash. <laughs> he may have shaved it, but I'm keeping it going, man. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah, it. I mean, I, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's like the best possible matchup too, right? So that's a good point. Yeah, maybe him and Algier just both go off, and he benefits from yeah. them just running it the whole time. Yeah, 100%. But I don't have much else on him other than he's Bijan and yeah, and you got to have him there. More because, talented than that price tag. But. Yep, exactly. It's the kind of reason we've been playing Kyle Pitts for so long too. We just know the talent's yeah. there. Like, <laughs> just give it to us one week, please. Arthur Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, what you got for your mid tier? Uh, well, I'll, I'll leave uh, Micah, the other guy who I think is going to be the chalkiest running back on the slate. And I'm going to do my, my usual, I play one Packer a week and that Packer this week is Aaron Jones. Uh, last week he came back and in his first, you know, full go week, uh, he was full go, right? He basically got all the carries, all the touches played on. I mean, you make it, I think it's 80% of snaps. I'll double check that, but it's very clear that they know AJ Dillon is not the answer. Right. So I, I was, it was 57, but he, I mean, like he was the guy last week. I think they're going to scale it up even more this week against Pittsburgh. I think they know he's probably the you know best option they have. Um, you know, and it's really the targets right on PPR is for, he had six targets six last targets, week. Yep. So it's that same situation that uh, we were talking about with, you know, maybe not the Rashad White where he's going to get 80%. Maybe he does this week, but 
it's those six targets, you know, 10, 12 rushes. That's what you're paying for. Yeah. And it's a good matchup, right? Uh, Pittsburgh have been bottom 10 in terms of running back. So yeah. I think it's a good matchup for Aaron Jones. And he's a nice pivot over the guy I think will be the chalkiest running back on the slate. Yeah, speaking of the chalkiest running back, we'll let you talk about yeah. him, Micah. Yeah, so Joe Mixon, he's 6,200. Honestly, I didn't even think he'd be that chalky. Um, but hearing that he is, that almost makes me want to fade him in tournaments. Um, I, I like the Aaron Jones play as a pivot off of him. I think that makes a lot of sense. I could see Mixon failing here for sure, but just the volume that he's getting and with this running back slate, I mean, it it feels desolate, especially with some of these matchups and just the landscape of things. And I think Mixon looks really good at his price tag and the amount of volume he's continuing to get. It's kind of like the Rashad White play is just volume, volume, volume. And so I think it makes him a good play. But in tournaments, if he's going to be that chalky, I'm probably going to be fading him and uh gps yeah i agree yeah i was just checking rg so they've got uh they got mixing as the highest owned at 24.6 with rashad white right behind him at 23.6 and then nobody else is even in the 20s after that so those two guys are going to be two of the higher owned uh players uh on the on the entire slate we'll move down into the value tier and i think it's funny that we all have the same backfield we don't have the same running back but we have the same (laughs) backfield Uh, I'll let you go first, Tim, and talk about uh, the first guy in that backfield. Yeah, it's because we all know, right? You you pick all my Packers on the ground, right? Uh, Now, I will say we'll get this. uh, We get uh, wide receiver Jair Alexander is out. So I do think that they may throw a little bit more than normal. uh, But most teams skew very run heavy against the Packers. And I think that benefits Najee Harris. I'm going to go with Najee this week. Uh, In games where they've kept it competitive, he has gotten more touches. Uh, and he's getting almost all the inside the five work, which is really valuable. Uh, you know, the, the other guy we're going to talk about is getting more of the pass game work. Uh, but I think that they tend to use him in negative game scripts and in bo- positive game scripts. They tend to use Najee. So this week, I think uh, Jordan Love going into Pittsburgh is going to struggle, uh, which sets up a good game script for Najee Harris. All right. And Michael, you have the other guy there, Jalen Warren. Yeah. So honestly, I solely picked Jalen Warren because I saw you both had Najee <laughs> there you for go. your value picks and I don't like Najee and I think <laughs> I think Jalen Warren is better um but is, yeah I I don't really see any other value plays that I like this week uh I think Tim hit the nail on the head that it's a good matchup against Green Bay um these guys are both priced pretty much the same Warren's a hundred dollars more if you're gonna take a shot on a low RB Najee is probably safer but I think in the event Warren breaks out and makes yeah. a couple big plays in his opportunities, he could be a good pivot off Najee if he picks up some ownership. Yeah, good yeah. call. Good call. I mean, if you think about it, like some of the running backs have had their best games against Green Bay. Like, for example, Bijan Robinson, the one game he really looked good was against Green Bay. So somebody's going to break out in this game. Yep, 100%. I love it. That's a good point. <clears throat> All right, let's get to the receivers. And now, wide receivers. receivers. All right, and so we had uh, who was it that said that? Joe in the chat. He, you know, he could tell he's been a fan of the show for a while. He's like, "What? There's no locks of the week. We haven't hit the lock drop uh, one time." <laughs> uh, so we're actually going to do a, a, a show just for the first time on the show. Never happened. Have, yeah, we're going to have an entire <laughs> segment just for our locks because we all picked receivers. Lock, lock it in. And all right, Tim, go ahead and give us your lock of the week. 
I will. I gave it away earlier when I was talking about my quarterback stacks. I absolutely love uh, the, the Detroit Lions this week. So my lock of the week is the sun god, Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I think a lot of people will be going Jamar Chase. I'm going to go ahead and pivot because I don't think he's 100%. Uh, not that Amon Ross is like a huge pivot because he's still going to be probably top five in terms of ownership. Uh, but you pick on Chargers through the air. We saw Garrett Wilson got 13 targets against them the other night. I think Amon Ra is going to have a very similar target projection. I'm getting at least 10, uh, 10 targets. Probably wouldn't be surprised if he got 13. A couple weeks ago, he had 19. Uh, I know David Montgomery's back. They're going to run the ball more. But we mentioned there, I think they're going to struggle running the ball. They're going to have to pass. And that sets up great for Amon Ra, man. So that's going to be my lock of the week. I love it. All right, Micah, who you got for your lock of the week? Yeah, so this guy, I was just going to have him in my mid-tier range this week because I already liked him. But once Nico Collins got rolled out, um, Tank Dell quickly became my lock of the week. Um, like I said, I, I honestly already thought he was too cheap, even with Nico Collins in. And now with him out, I think he's in line for an absolute explosion this week. He had 11 targets last week, turned into over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Just slipped looked amazing with CJ Stroud, you know, Stroud asked to draft him and the connection is clearly there Yep. and potentially Robert Woods is going to be out as well. So there's going to be zero target competition out there. I'm hearing Woods could play. So if Woods plays, are you at all concerned about tank though? Not too much, honestly. I mean, at 5,500 with Nico out, I think he's still going to be a great play. I think Woods, would, I think Woods would negatively affect Noah Brown more so than Tank Dell. Um, okay. I would say so. So that's like the way that. I'm looking at things this week. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I, I had him written up in my article. Uh, I did it on Tuesday night. I uh, know Wednesday night. Uh, you know, I had him written up before I knew Nico Collins was out uh, in my in my Fancy Pros article. And I still, you know, like him even more now that Nico Collins is out. So, yeah, that price tag is yeah. just way, way too cheap. Um, all right, so my lock of the week. Um, so I've been using uh, FTN Fantasy for like three years, and they have this really cool uh, receiver cornerback quarter, matchup tool where it grades the matchup against their sole defender. Um, yep. And, you know, it's, it's zero to 100, with 100 being the best. Obviously, usually there's, you know, a good matchup's around an 80 and 85. I have never seen a 100 matchup that CD Lamb has. Uh, he is matching up against somebody named Cordell Flott. I think that's how you say his name. <laughs> I, I don't even know who that is. Tim, and you might know. I know you study the defenses a little bit better than I do, but that seemed to be the primary defender that's going to be covering C.D. Lamb. Uh, and like I said, I've never seen a 100 matchup uh, in C.D. Lamb at 8.5. We, we've talked about Dak, and it's pretty much like the C.D. open, know that I'm going to go to my tight end. So I think C.D. Lamb is going to have a monster game at 8.5. He is expensive. Uh, but I think you can fit him in. So he's my lock of the week. All right, we'll stay in this uh, elite tier here, Tim. And uh, if you want to talk about uh, Jamar Chase a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I mentioned a little bit. Like, I think he is clearly, uh, especially if he's even close to 100%, I think he's clearly the top play on the slate. Uh, we saw in the Arizona game, I mean, he got, what, 15 targets. He broke the slate with 55 points. I don't think, you know, we're saying he's going to get 55 points again. But this is, you know, like the highest was. But second, second highest over under on the slate. This I expect this to be a bit of a shootout. Um, yeah, I, I just think that he just sets up as such a good play. Uh, but I think you really have to monitor his back, man. You know, most athletes they always come out. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm going to be there. I'm fine. 
And he was kind of like, I don't know. We'll see how the back feels. Yeah. That tells me that this isn't, you know, some, you know, okay, you know, I kind of turned my ankle. I'll be fine. Like he's really questionable going into this game. And that one makes me wonder how close to hundred percent he'll really be. Right. And, and in the NFL, right. 80% Jamar Chase is, you know, is that enough to pay 8,100 for? And I guess that's the question of the week. Yeah. I think if you're playing season long, you put them in there, you know, you play them. Yeah. yeah no, no matter what, it's the price Definitely. tag that we got to worry about for sure. Yeah. I think he actually had 19 targets that game. Higgins oh, yeah. was out. He, had, he had 15 catches. I just 15 catches. Yeah. Good yeah. Call. yeah. Just yeah. insane numbers. That is absolutely crazy. Did y'all see the story with, uh, with Chris, Chris Collinsworth where, you know, that catch that, um, he missed chase did and he landed on his back. And during the game, he's like, he's going to be crawling crawl out, out of bed, bed tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he definitely knew what that, that felt like for yeah. sure. Yeah, he did. Uh, I had one other elite guy there, and I've said it in the past that I wouldn't play this guy if he was over. I was AK. shocked that you yeah. had that at that price. <laughs> yeah, so Mr. Keenan Allen, the guy that I called copy-paste because he was always in my mid-tier uh, at, you know, cheaper than 8K. <laughs> but uh, he is 8.8 this week. He's 12% uh, going back 12% owned. But I do think that he can have a big week. The biggest thing that's been missing from his uh, his his game this uh, these last few games has been touchdowns. Uh, he's gone now three straight games with no touchdowns. I do think that gets fixed this week. He's still getting tons of targets. He's got, you know, 10 or 9, you know, 8 targets uh, pretty much consistently throughout the entire season. Uh, we just need him to score a touchdown. And he's come really close the last couple of weeks. I think he gets in this week and pays off this uh, this higher price tag that I'm used to paying for Keenan Allen. Uh, but at 8.8, I couldn't leave him off my sheet. All right, let's move down into the mid-tier. And I'll, I'll start off with you, uh, Micah. Sure. Yeah, so... Uh, play I really like this week that I feel like not a lot of people are talking about is Terry McMorrin. I think, again, with Curtis Samuel coming back, it might scare some people off of these Washington receivers. Um, I think Samuel affects Dotson and Logan Thomas more so than he'll affect McMorrin and his uh, target share. Um, I think he's kind of shown he's a clear number one with Howell. And I think against Seattle, we just saw them get boat raced by Baltimore, and I think this lines up as a really good spot for McLaurin um, in a range where I, I don't love a ton of the receivers there, and I think I think he profiles as a great uh, as a great option in that mid tier range. Yep, yep. Again, Howell's been throwing the ball forty times a game, so there's plenty of balls yep. to go around. I love it, Tim. What you got? Yeah, this guy was almost my lock of the week. Um, it's DeAndre Hopkins. I put in the chat, I don't know why you didn't use him as the cover boy this week as he is number 10 and he's actually on the slate. Uh, but it's very clear Will Levis just snaps the ball and looks up for DeAndre Hopkins. Like you were talking about CeeDee Lamb. Like last week, Joey Porter was all over him and he still threw it to him 11 times. Yeah. Like it's not even a question. Like Chig, you know, I, I, Chig might get a couple, right? Russell Westbrook, Akina, right? Might get a couple. <laughs> but uh, it's DeAndre Hopkins' season in Tampa Bay. Uh, sorry, in Tennessee going against Tampa Bay. We saw everybody, Noah Brown and Tank Dell, and, <laughs> you know, everybody went off against the same Tampa Bay defense. They're basically the worst defense against the pass. Um, I think it's a huge game for him. I think he's basically a lock. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you can fit in uh, Monra and Tank and Hopkins and all this other stuff we talked about, but uh, he's definitely one of my favorite plays in that range. Yeah, and what Tim's alluding to, for those that don't know, is I've been using the uh, the cover, the thumbnail for YouTube. I, I get a player's jersey number, and that's the week number that we're in. 
And I looked at number 10, and I, I came up with guys that were all on buys. Cooper Cup, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, Tyreek Hill. So finally I said, you know what? I'm just going to use Cooper Cup. And I put it up, and they're like, why didn't you use DeAndre Hopkins? I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I totally overlooked DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, I should have used him for sure. Yeah, I think I have him as like my 10th or 11th projected wide receiver. And he's like 20th in pricing on the slate. Yeah. Like just absolutely insane. Yep. It's a great, yeah. great play. Um, I have in my mid-tier, Mr. Christian Kirk, we mentioned a little bit earlier, my Niners are absolutely trash versus the slot receiver. Uh, We're 22nd DVOA, but I actually think we're worse than that. Um, We didn't really get hit too hard until these last three games. Uh, I mean, we looked at what Addison did to us, and, you know, it's just been been ugly. And Kirk lines up in the slot 70% of the time. Uh, At 6K, I think he's going to be their go-to guy in in the offense. They've seen the blueprint of how he beat the 49ers, and that's exactly what they're going to do. Uh, so yeah. Christian Kirk at 6K is is my play. A um, couple more guys I just want to mention real quick because we got a bunch of other guys to get to. Uh, uh, Deontay Johnson uh, at 5.4. I think he's got almost 10 targets per game on his three games back. Uh, Tyler Lockett I like a lot in that Seattle game. Talked yeah. about that game could be potentially a shootout. Um, and that's it for the mid-tier. We'll move down into the uh, to the value tier, Tim. Pick your favorite value tier here. Yeah, well, I want to mention the guy that I think is kind of a free square this week, uh, and that's Trenton Irwin uh, for Cincinnati. Uh, with T. Higgins out in week five, he he was clearly the, the third guy. Um, I, I do think that, that Chase and Boyd will be much more popular than him, uh, but he's 3K, right? And he's projected to be a starting wide receiver for basically the highest total on the slate. So, um, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I think whenever you're 3K and you're projected to get six to eight targets, that automatically makes you a cash game consideration. And if you play a 3K Trent Irwin, you can basically fit in whatever you want. So, yes, he has a pretty low floor. We've obviously seen it in every game besides week five. But in week five, he had 10 targets. Right. And I'm not saying he's going to get 10 targets again. But at 3K, if you get six to eight, man, you're you're golden. So uh, he's not quite a free square. Because I do think there are a lot of wide receivers you want to play this week, but he's very close. Yeah, good call. Micah, what you got for your value? Yeah, so I've got going along with my Kyler pick, I've got Hollywood Brown here, 5,200. He's kind of hovered around this price range all year, um, but finally he's getting his starting quarterback back. And there's such little competition at wide receiver here that I think he's just underpriced severely with a competent quarterback Mm -hmm. being there and if they're throwing the ball like normal i think hollywood's a great point for dollar play at 5200 100 percent. yeah we were playing uh hollywood at 5200 with guys that you know (laughs) you know the dobbs and even the clayton tunes we're still playing them i I think is much better than those guys so agreed um all right so the guy i want to talk about tim mentioned him a little bit and i i want to add a caveat to this with tyler boyd at 4.6 and this is going to be a little bit interesting if chase plays i like boyd more than i do if chase is out if you look at their splits boyd has been better when there's been an alpha receiver on the field with him when he's the main guy he struggles so if chase plays i like boyd at 4.6 if he doesn't play um then i'm I'm probably going to fade boyd uh, and I also like Dotson, you know, sticking with that Washington offense. Uh, Dotson's got, I think, 26 targets over the last three games. He's really been, he's really come on. He's kind of having that breakout that I thought was going to happen at the beginning of the season. Uh, he's finally having it now against Seattle. So at, at 5,000, I think he's still way too cheap. Yeah. Hey, just real quick, um, 
Micah is once again all over it. I think the three cash receivers this week look like Chase, Dell, and Hollywood Brown. Yeah, agreed. Um, I'll yeah. just mention a couple more of the values that we hadn't talked about yet. JSN's there at, at 4,100. Uh, Noah Brown still in play, uh, still way too cheap at 3,700. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think those are all the values that we got. Let's get to the defense. Defense, 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 defense. All right, Tim, as always, kick us off here. All right. I know I made this call earlier in the year and I was wrong. I'm willing to put it up there again. I think this is a pay up for defense week. Uh, the Cowboys rate is my number one value defense. They're projected for four or sorry, 12 points at a salary of 4,400. Um, Tommy DeVito is bad, worse than bad. He makes Zach Wilson look like a, a, an actual NFL starter. Um, I think I read he's getting sacked on like 40% of his dropbacks, just absolutely (laughs) miserable quarterback play. And they have to go into Dallas and play a Cowboys uh, team that just lost against their rival. Uh, The Cowboys uh, going into last game had the NFL high most points ahead in a win. They love blowing teams out. I think this is going to happen here. And this could be one of those like 10 sack kind of games. Um, I think there's enough value this week that you should be playing Cowboys in cash. That's my personal opinion, um, because if they get 30 and you don't have them, then it's going to be really, really hard for you to catch up. Um, I do think there's a very viable pay down option, uh, but you're doing that for the floor, right? And what it gets you elsewhere. Uh, Nobody, in my opinion, has the ceiling this week. Uh, I actually post a graph in the the group every week. Uh, It's called the Sickos chart. And it shows the likelihood of a team getting a sack. And we actually had to extend out the chart this week because of the Cowboys. <laughs> rush rate was so high. Sack rate was so high um, that it really broke the graph. Wow. So, that's... I mean, that just shows you uh, how far and away the best play on the slate they are. Uh, yeah. Now, they will be uh, highly owned, right? And, and high-owned chalk defenses that are expensive are usually a terrible GPP play. Um, so I will probably pivot to like Ravens or Seahawks in tournaments. Uh, but in cash, I think you pay, play the Cowboys and you figure everything else out. Yeah, it's a good call. I think, I honestly think, like you talked about, Tim, that ceiling that the Cowboys have, even at that high of ownership and at that price tag, they could still be the GPP defense you need. Like, I don't know if you guys remember week three, the Bills versus. I had the, the Bills on this show. I said they were mispriced and you had to play the Bills. Mm-hmm. It feels so the that, same. That was the week that convinced me. Sam okay, Howell, I, need, right? I need to look at these expensive defenses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah. Because I've always been and still am for the most part. I love the cheap defenses. Yep. But that week I saw, you know, I forget it was 20, 30 percent. And they were like 4K or 4,100 yeah. or something like that. But they scored 31 and the rest of the defenses just didn't do a ton Did nothing and there was just nothing you could do to make up that point differential yeah so even at that even at that ownership i think they're still in consideration for gpp if you can make the rest of the salary work yeah i, I remember a couple uh, a couple years ago it was the patriots they had like a stretch of like five or six games where they just you had to yeah. have them in there otherwise you weren't you were going to cash it was that gilmore yep. defensive player of the year year right yep I yep think so yeah, yeah they had multiple like they, touchdowns and you know start to start the season it was it was pretty crazy yep uh micah you have the other popular defense there the opposite end here with the cheap yeah so if you're failing the cowboys you just don't want the ownership or don't want the salary you don't want both um, and you want to go cheaper, 
think the Cardinals versus the Falcons is a great option. I don't love many of the cheap defenses this week, unlike last week. Um, I think this is the one that stood out to me. They're playing, they're playing Taylor Heineke. Really, anything could happen there. Um, they could, you know, take it, pick them off a couple times, take it for a touchdown, and that might be all you need if the Cowboys don't really separate at that price. Um, there's not been, there's not a ton of defenses that stuck out to me this week, and so I think if you're just looking for a cheaper option, Cardinals are a great spot. Yeah, agreed. I got two defenses that are playing against each other that I think yeah. both of them are viable. I think uh, the Ravens, I think, will probably be a little bit more popular at 4.1. They've had probably the best defense right now in the NFL. Uh, and Cleveland is, is you know, not the greatest offense. But on the other side, if you wanted to save some money, I do like the Browns uh, against Baltimore at 3000 uh, you know, a little bit over a $1,000 discount over the Ravens. We know that Lamar Jackson can be turnover prone. Uh, he's a little loosey goosey with the ball when he runs it. Sometimes he can turn the ball over. He does take unnecessary sacks. Uh, so the Browns, I think, can rack up some points that way. Uh, so I think both defenses are are viable. I know Tim, you got uh, the Ravens there as your DPP defense, but you also have one more team there as well. Yeah, I just mentioned the Seahawks, and that's just the pivot off the Cowboys because we talked about Sam Howell. He takes way too many sacks. Uh, I really like it if it ends up being a rain game because he can be a little bit like you said, loosey goosey with the with the football. So. Uh, yeah, I, but I agree. I think like the Cowboys are going to be far and away my number one defense this week. Good stuff. All yeah. right, let's get to our stacks. Going for two.com's weekly stack report. All right, Mike, I want you to kick us off here with your stack of the week. Yeah, so uh, pretty obvious, but I'm going with Kyler Murray here in the Cardinals. I've got Kyler, I got Hollywood. I didn't, I didn't pick McBride, but he's pretty obvious play this week. Um, I think if you do play McBride, I think playing him in a stack makes more sense here. Yeah. Um, but you know, with that ownership, it's going to be going to be tough to play him there. But even if you single stack Hollywood, he may the targets may funnel to him um, in a way that it won't for a lot of receivers. And so that could be a good option as well if you're not looking to pick that ownership on McBride. Good yeah. stuff. Who's your favorite run back on Atlanta, by the way? Probably Drake London. But honestly, I may I may run the Arizona stack without a bring back because okay. yeah because fuck Arthur hard. Smith right yeah <laughs> for sure, for sure. play play John I know you want to play Bijan but you know if you do it's going to yeah. take the rest yeah. of your yep. Lineup. Yep. I played a Stroud double stack last week and I had Bijan and that was just that was in the willing lineup did you see that. The winning Millie Maker lineup was a, yeah, was, Stroud, was a triple, triple stack, stack, right? Yeah, yeah. with the with the one. So. triple stack. Wow, <laughs> I know who does, right? Yeah, only you to count. So yeah. yeah, again, if you've been listening, my stack this week should be super obvious. I'm saying uh, big two double barrels to David Montgomery because uh, it's going to be a Jared Goff week. So I'm taking uh, the home away from home, Jared Goff, uh, Sam Laporta, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and for now, I'm bringing it back with uh, Quentin. Quentin Johnson, this is going to be a, a better game for him. But <laughs> right. stay tuned on that. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. I'm taking that the Washington offense. I'm going with uh, with Howell, Terry McLaurin, and Dotson, um, and then bringing it back with Lockett, who's been the most consistent receiver there. But really, you can put any of those receivers from Seattle there. You can put DK Metcalf, who I think is due for a big breakout game. Um, I didn't have him on my sheet. I didn't have the guts to put him there, but I do think he can have a big game. Uh, and even JSN, who we mentioned in our value tiers, is someone you can put there as well as a bring back. But I, I love the Washington offense, and it's probably going to come back to bite me. All my friends are Washington fans, so if they're watching this, they're going to talk shit to me about picking their, their team to do good. So, uh, But, yeah, that's that's my favorite stack this week. 
time for the sick call. And now, the sick call of the week. All right, we've had some uh, insane dry spell here. I think I uh, hasn't hit one since week. That one. Noah Brown one is going to haunt me for a long time. Yeah, because you took him off there, and you and you put <laughs> yeah. your you put Jamison Crowder there <laughs> for sure. Um, all right, uh, Micah, you get to go first here. Yeah, so this play only do this if Robert Woods is out. Um, I've got John Metchie the third here at stone minimum three thousand. Yeah, coming into the season, there was discussion on whether it was going to be him or nico collins that potentially was going to get the wide receiver one role and obviously it's been nico collins and messi really hasn't gotten on the field but in hindsight that's that makes a lot of sense i mean with him having cancer like he was off the field for a long time yeah. it's not an easy thing to come back from and you're he's going to be rusty and so Hopefully he's gotten the reps in in practice and is ready to go if Robert Woods is out. And hopefully this could be a good spot for him to get a few targets and pay off that Stoneman price tag. Yeah, I like it. I love I love the Stoneman receivers for sure. Uh, speaking of Stoneman, you got one too, Tim. I do, I do. So uh, if you guys were following along with us last week during that Chargers game, I was tweeting at DraftKings. Why is Jalen Guyton not available on this slate? Yeah. <laughs> As you guys know, I am a graduate of the University of North Texas. So is Jaden Guyland, uh, Jalen Guyton, the pride of UNT. Uh, first game back, he played 57% of snaps, right? Darius Davis, Simi Fajoko, get out of here, right? Um, like we talked about, Quentin Johnson has not been getting it done. Very clear. Uh, but it also was clear to me that they were looking at Guyton in his first game back last week. So. I'm going to go with the uh, definitely super low-owned stack here, Goff, Laporta, Amonra, and bringing it back with Jalen Guyton. Nice. I like it. And Guyton is a, is a former sick Very call. Nice. He's one of the ones that he I is. hit on a couple of years ago. He had that long touchdown. He had one one catch for nice. 60 yards and a touchdown. Your favorite kind of sick call. <laughs> yep. He only needs one play. Yep, That's all 100%. you need. <laughs> All right, so my sick call, uh, this guy has, has been getting increased increased uh, workload lately. He actually had six targets last week. Now, Drake London was out, so that kind of contributed a little bit to it. Uh, but Mac Hollins, the other receiver in that offense, is also going to be out this week. Uh, Drake London is back, but uh, Kaderil Hodge uh, had six targets last week. He had three weeks before, 60 yards, 75 yards in those two games. Uh Drake London being back is a little bit of a damper on my sit call, but I do think he can still find a way to get some points there. So uh, he's a little bit more expensive than your two guys. He's 3,400, um, yeah. but I'll take Daryl Hodge. He was someone that I scouted when uh, he came into the league for uh, for Dynasty that I thought could be pretty good. So it's good to see him pop up a little bit here and do some things. I feel like this week you just play Trenton Irwin. Like if you need a 3K guy, like you yeah. just play him. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> All right, that wraps the show up. I want to thank you uh, again, Micah, for coming on and spending an hour of your day with us to to hang out and do some DFS, man. Uh, If you want to quickly go through, uh, plug plug your uh, your article and uh, plug your Twitter and all that good stuff. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on again. It's been it was awesome. Um, I, yeah, like Jeff said at the beginning, I'm uh, doing weekly DFS articles for Going for Two. My week ten article just went up tonight, like thirty minutes before the show went live. So be sure to check that out uh, after we wrap up the show here, or uh, check it out tomorrow when you're building lineups. Good stuff, and yeah, we could find you on Twitter or where uh, at Micah Peters underscore. Good stuff, and Tim. Just my name and then underscore. 
Yeah, and of course, Kyler is the cover boy for his article, in case you're yeah. wondering on that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always check out your article, Micah, every week. Uh, you can Thank find you. me on Twitter at KetoDFS. And then, of course, on Facebook, you can find me in the DFS Roundtable group. Every week I do an NFL thread where I gather the best information around the Internet and put it in one place for you. So come check it out. All right. Good stuff, fellas, and great show. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert 77 uh, Once again, I'm going to plug the contest. If you're not in there, uh, join the DFS for Toys charity contest. It is at goingfor2.com backslash toys. It's a great con- uh, you know, great uh, cause and a great contest. And we have a lot of fun, and we give away the championship belt. Uh, so it's, you know, go join that, please. Uh, for, for Tim, for Micah, I'm Jeff. Good luck this week, and we will see y'all next week. You're on mute. Go, Pat, go. There we go.